0: Hello. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the first of hopefully many podcasts to come. My name is Eric Galina, and I'm here with Martin Groschwald, who is the director of one of two directors, I believe, of Concept House. And I am the editor and founder of Form Trends. Now, this is something new for the both of us, where we're going to try to explore what is happening in the automotive design industry from a um, current product perspective, um, a market perspective, and also a people perspective. So, Martin. Yes. Hello. Hello. What do you want to talk about first? You've just
1: come back from China. I have indeed. I, I, I was fortunate enough to be in Beijing. Uh, for Auto China 2018, and I think you know if we're if we're that close, and actually the show is still running. So if any of you uh, you know are in China at the moment or in Beijing, uh, definitely go there. Go during the week because the weekends are horrible. And uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened over there in China. And uh, let's hope to make this a regular, uh, you know, review session for all the motor shows that we're going to attend in, uh, you know, the next months and years and, and everything that happens. But let's talk about uh, Auto China 2018. You followed the show very, very thoroughly on everything. Yes, so, so Yes. W- what in your so, kind of mind so far has, uh, you know, has kind of stood out, or what? What was your big surprise in what's happening in China? Well, essentially, I mean, I've been to China on. Um, um,
0: many occasions in the past um you know but from what i've noticed obviously there's a clear um difference from say a decade ago to what's currently taking place now now the show is still and i know a lot of designers that are working over there at the moment um and it's from my experience it always was a bit manic and it's, you know, from the swarms of people coming in to the kids on the press day, entire families at the shows, yeah. it's very difficult to navigate. Um, but it seems like, you know, this year was better. Um, last year was also good, um, better than um, it, it, it has been in the past. And the thing is, um, I guess it's it's more if, if you if you look at what's happening in China versus what's happening in the West from a motor show perspective, um, it's it's a bit more mayhem in in China. Um, and but that's just because there's so much stuff going on and there's so many new companies. Uh, it's kind of like Tokyo 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, and, um, um, you know, just just to throw something in there, a little anecdote. Um, I, I had the pleasure to wander around with one of the de- design chiefs. Um, of, a, of a European uh, you know, OEM, and we were in this really funny situation as we were wandering from one hall to another. And he said, "I have never heard of half of the companies that are around here." And I, I kind of had to agree with him, is because you know there were so many new ones that we just never heard of, and they just kind of you know flooded the place with new companies or like you know new names, new kind of subsidiaries of companies. Uh, it, it was absolutely manic and it was really really difficult to to get an idea of who belongs to you know what company who did what uh, what, what was intention of certain amount of things and i i would 100% agree i mean this is this is mayhem and it is pretty much like Tokyo 20 years ago but i think realistically in terms of quality you know it, it has become probably the best show in in, you know maybe not around the world but definitely the best show in Asia yeah that's that's for sure and it's definitely challenging uh, the European shows by now I mean I was I was hugely impressed being there and wandering around and you know even though I didn't know a lot of those brands nowadays I mean we're going to talk about probably some later but yeah it was it was just a really really good kind of impression and uh, one thing I do have to say there were still you know way too many people on the press days i mean this was pretty much like (laughs) this was pretty much like you know press day number one uh, was like the first day as you had it in frankfurt or in geneva it was a lot of people you know everything was really really tiny it was really difficult to wander through but i think that's um yeah that's part of the whole the whole show experience there over over there as well
0: yeah i mean i think mostly it's it's just there are just so many people that swarm these events, and there's such a huge interest in the the the, the motor vehicle industry. I mean, consumers. And this is well, we're talking about the world's largest new car market, right? Yes, yeah. China accounts for more than a quarter of all new car sales globally. That's why every single European, Western manufacturer, American manufacturer. Um, even the Japanese are just, you know, fighting over themselves trying to get in there. And with this uh, this new um, government tactic that is going to relax the JV partnerships, um, it's going to just make it that much more competitive over there. And the thing is, you're absolutely right. I mean, the quality of China's vehicles, the products that they're putting out, has just it's it's they're leapfrogging i mean it's it's like china is is catching up to the rest of the world and and leading in some areas um unlike what the japanese did and and at twice the rate that the koreans did yeah and they're learning so quickly you can see it on the show stands um you know five years ago there were tiny show stands that were dimly lit um, cars up on you know elevated platforms, locked doors. Um, nowadays, now we're seeing the the Chinese really rising to the occasion um, because the level of quality in these products are are really astounding.
1: Yeah, and I think you know in in that regard, what is what is really good. First of all, of course, just the quality of the cars. I mean, you know, as you just mentioned, they're not just falling apart. I mean, they're well made. Even the show cars, you know, it's like something you can sit in. Uh, to a certain kind of degree you know in the press days of course not in the public days, but you, you see that they they've learned a lot in terms of you know also representing uh, their brands but I think what what was really astonishing this year was that more and more brands are really working towards a brand image yeah I think if we look back a few years and especially into China um, we we were always asking like oh, they're going to copy things and you know what is really about China and stuff like that and now we see cars you know, such as the, the, the bike, the BAIC concept, you know, we saw those new highways, cars, we saw, you know, the PINFARINA cars uh, that, that are made especially for China and all these kind of things. And you, you can clearly, you know, you can see, hey, there, there's something going on there and there's something about, hey, we, we want to show really what we are, you know. I mean, uh, I think Lincoln Go has done a good job on that one as well, like really saying this is how we are, this is what we are. Uh, Cherry is going definitely into the right direction uh, even though, unfortunately, that you know they've they've lost a lot of people, um, but there, there is really something in there that you can say, hey, that there, there is an idea of really representing the brand nowadays. And I think this is this is really where China is growing into now, is you know saying, hey, we, we you know look what we can do. It's not just about we can we can copy cars nowadays, or you know we can make cheap cars. Um, I think you know the population in China is also asking about certain kind of brands, and they want to have a certain kind of, you know, idea of what they what they what they can you know just what they like in that regard. And they they are they are becoming way more picky in terms of what kind of cars they want to buy. So uh, it's not just about the price anymore; it's about the appeal. It's about you know the emotion that those cars those cars show to the uh, to the customers. And and you can very very clearly see that in China. And I think. Uh, that is that is something that is going to challenge those established, you know, let's say Western uh, car manufacturers or those traditional OEMs to uh, to, the, to those newcomers because that's going to be really tricky for them. And let's be very very honest. And uh, I'm going to put something out here uh, that might be a little bit controversial. But uh, the biggest disappointment in, in in terms of Beijing were the I would say the German manufacturers. Uh, you know, Mercedes uh, did show. You know, so so. I would say would would be my uh, would be my review of of their stand. Uh, it was obviously very very much towards the Chinese market. But you know mm. that that kind of uh, uh, Maybach concept, that red one, was just absolutely horrendous. I have no idea what you know what what they were doing with that one. Uh, that was absolutely terrible. And I have spoken to a number of people. Um, you know, who. Let's say had some dealings with BMW in the past, and they saw the iX3 concept, and they were just asking, I mean, what is going on at BMW? You know that um, Mm -hmm. that grill is becoming worse and worse. And you know, I've spoken to Fabio Filippini about this. He put something, you know, very very interesting out there that the grill at BMW is becoming more like the Kia, uh, the 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 Kia face, uh, which which is just very very strange. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's not just that the Chinese have uh, have picked it up, and I think they've done a very very Good job. Uh, it's also that I think, uh, yeah, the, 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 the Germans in particular. And I mean, obviously, I'm from Germany, so sometimes it's difficult for me to kind of, uh, you know, criticize them. But yeah, they they did a terrible job. There was very very little <laughs> that was good, and that that was really 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 sad. And especially compared to all these newcomers, uh, you know, uh, you know, look at the Biden, look at the look at the Neo. Um, you can you can like them, you cannot like them. But there was something, you know, a little bit more understatement there there was something that you know you really had a feeling hey they they don't want to go they don't want to go crazy they just want to be a good representation of what they are and uh, and that was the really shocking part for me actually is that you know I really enjoyed going to the chinese brands uh, and you know look at their you know their their kind of progress and i was really shocked with the europeans i mean uh, that's uh, i don't even know really what to say on that one you know i was i was pretty much speechless when I was standing in that in front of that Mercedes thing, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I mean the the Mercedes has not. Um, let's just let's just be uh, honest here. It, it hasn't struck a chord with uh, anyone that um, that I've spoken to. It's Certainly not in the reviews and things that I've seen um, on that car. And you know, seeing the car, in, indeed, it just. You know, you can scapegoat it and say, look, we're not Chinese consumers. We don't really know. Maybe this will find a home there. Now, I think, you know, I I hate saying things, bad things about people that I like because I know where that car was designed and I know um, who it was conceived under. And, you know, know, I want to give Mercedes-Benz the benefit of the doubt because they have a studio in Beijing. They're one of the few that, um, you know, is actually staying within Beijing. And, yeah. um, you know, a lot of manufacturers are, are moving out because, you know, Shanghai is way better <laughs> than being in, uh, in the capital city. But, um, and, and it could it can attract a, a whole range of talent which is uh still what's necessary i think in uh, in in the chinese uh, automotive design industry now you 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 highlighted a a, a couple of brands um you know uh, byte and neo for example and um you know both of these brands are brand new right so they have no heritage no lineage um, they basically just have the creativity of the people that are leading um, the the teams um, to rely on, you know, and, yeah. and they have very strong teams. And again, these guys are seasoned professionals with from Europe. I mean, you know, they don't uh, they're not coming from 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 uh, you know from Ch- from China. Or, you know, they're not out of the blue. They 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 have a lot of experience with premium automakers, and they're giving a, a clean slate to come up with some really interesting um you know brand identity i mean it's not the easiest thing to develop clearly but um yes i agree that both of those brands Byton and neo in particular um are doing very well with creating carving out a, a real um name for themselves and creating a a, a very successful brand identity with uh, with their forthcoming products um you know it's there's there's just it, there's so much competition in china that the you know, and because it is the biggest new car market, it is, uh, I think it's just for the, for the Western automakers, and that's to say, you know, Mercedes, BMW, the Germans that you outlined, but also, you know, Ford, GM, I mean, all these guys, they have joint ventures within um, China that is enabling them to sell cars. Now, those are going to be relaxed very soon. Um which basically just opens up competition. So if the Chinese car makers and you're right, there are so many new upstarts that you don't even know where they're coming from. I mean the Chinese are building brands below brands and spurring yeah. off new brands and I mean you've got Great Wall, you've got Haval, now you've got Wei. It's all the same company. They've just got different names. And it's it it there's a chance of that all kind of getting lost. Um, which is, which is not what we've seen, you know, historically, I mean, just, uh, five years ago, for example, when, um, when, uh, German automakers were all creating kind of cookie cutter cars, right? Yeah. You had, um, you had Mercedes with, uh, from the A class to the, to the S class. Everything was so, I mean, you can still see it on the road today because they're all out there now. Um, and from Audi was the same thing. You had all of these vehicles that really resembled one another just in, uh, you know, same sausage, different length type thing because it was all about creating that brand recognition, getting people to understand what that company was um, and what that brand stood for, and then, you know, basically just creating a, a whole range of vehicles off the back of that. Now, because... China and let's let's face it, Chinese tastes are quite eccentric. Yeah. You know, if you walk around the show, you'll see some things over there where you won't you won't find that at SEMA. You know, um, there's some really strange things going on over there, um, and you know their tastes differ. And the, I think Mercedes, in particular, you know, because they've got their ear to the ground over there, they're able to harness some of that. Um, you know, and, and, you know, advanced design studios are all about looking ahead and seeing what the customer wants in the future. And this is a business, right? Let's not forget it. So if the customer wants some, you know, I mean, look, it's not for everyone. I'm not trying to defend, you know, the Mercedes um, Maybach concept of, you know, vision as it is. Um, From a typology perspective, it's nothing new. I mean, we saw AMG do it back in the 80s. I mean, this is, you know, a a sedan um, typology on uh, kind of truck elevated platform. Um, But then, you know, they've thrown in this luxury mix um, of, adorning the interior with a bunch of things that make it look, if I'm honest, particularly kitsch. Yeah, it's uh, there's nothing, you know, the rose gold and all of that. I mean, if there is one kind of redeeming factor for that car, it's the interior. But then the colorways um, and the the whole way that it's just it's just so over the top. Um, and it really begs the question that did do people want this now? I, I, I don't know. I don't live in China. I don't either. I don't live in Qatar or, you know, I, I don't know what, you know, people are, are looking for, but they're ch- clearly chasing something that they believe will generate revenue and enable them to differentiate themselves from the pack. It's not, you know, if we look at that single product, it is not appealing in the slightest to European eyes, and certainly not to my eyes
1: um, or your eyes. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's also, I think, something, to be very, very honest here, it's also something that we, you know, we we, we have... Come to a point where Mercedes have delivered and delivered all over again. Yeah, I think. I mean, if we look back uh, over the past four or five years, and you know, you know, credit where credit is due, Gordon Wagner has done a very, very good job um, over the past few years of really developing Mercedes forward. He um, has, I would say so. Yes, I mean, certainly better than Pfeiffer. You know, um,
0: he did a lot. I mean, he's no Bruno Sacco. Okay, <laughs> but um, you know, he, but you know, at the same time, I think what he's managed to achieve, um, he hasn't been there all that long, but we've seen the entire brand rejuvenated yeah. um, under his leadership. I think that he has, um, in certain areas, you know, certain of, certain products, um, obviously notwithstanding <laughs> this current concept that's on display, he's, he's really, um, you know, hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, I like the new, uh, the, I, I like the S-Class, the first one that they launched. Which then, you know, generated the C class, which yeah. I thought was brilliant. Um, then the E class, you know, and then the A class yeah, has some issues. Um, yeah, it could be due to the platform. I'm not a big fan of the proportions, but in terms of what it is that he's managed to achieve, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's done a, a particularly good job in this. Is uh, you know everybody falls sometimes. Yeah,
1: but this is exactly the thing. You know, we we, we judge him on these high standards that we have uh, now of him. Uh, you know, we, we saw the the uh, the, the first Maybach concepts that they have, the red one and uh, and the uh, and the convertible, where we all Absolutely. said just like you know, okay, so maybe I don't like the brand, or maybe it's more like you know, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen kind of style car. But it, it was still, <laughs> there was still something to it uh, in that sense, and I think this one was just something where everybody I have spoken to, uh, they just. Uh, no this, this this is a big mistake this was not really really good and I think i mean we 're going to post some pictures with this as well if we if we look into the Hongxi car, you know this kind of brides you know, green, turquoise, color, whatever it is. Um, yes. You know, <laughs> let, 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 let's say, you know, in, in real life it wasn't as bad as it, as it might look on pictures. Like, you know, it, it's, still, it's, still not, it's still not great, but, you know, it is still something where you can say, okay, cool, at least, you know, with the Chinese company would we'll say, hey, they tried to do something. They tried to be a little bit more, you know, extravagant and all these kind of things. Um, so we, we don't judge him in the same way as we, of course, judge a, a Gordon Waggoner uh, or as we judge a uh, Adrian van Heusen. Yeah, in that kind yes, of regard, and, that's and, right. and and to be to be very very honest, I'm you know I can accept that kind of car. Con- I don't like it. Yeah, that my concept. Um, but again, it's still a concept, yeah. So we don't know if they're gonna make <laughs> it, or you know, if this is gonna disappear. Um, but what I do have to say, what what I do find like a really big disappointment, because this is actually gonna go into production, is that BMW iX3. Um, yeah. You know, because yeah. I, I, to be very very honest, I have no idea what they did with that kind of car. Yeah. And um, the design is just. Uh, plain boring. Yeah, there's nothing new to it. This is. I have no idea why this should be an iCar car apart from having it a, a you know or having a an electric uh, electric uh, you know battery in there. That's the only thing that I can say. Okay, this is i. Um, but it seems that they did that in just a couple of months because they wanted to show something at Beijing. Yeah, uh, there was nothing that was anywhere close to like maybe like a Z4. Um, where you can say okay this is at least something that they want to push again uh, again if you like it or not. Um, but let's be very very honest of uh, you know over the course over the last year with the, you know the vision dynamics which is now going to become the i4 this IX3 uh, you know BMW they seem to be a little bit in trouble and I really really hope that uh, you know Josef Kaban has the ability or is going to get the you know all the freedom that he needs to really push that forward. Uh, to for 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 him to change BMW because they they dearly needed it, uh, unfortunately it, it's it, it really you know obviously based in Munich it hurts a little bit to say that um, but I can I can forgive Gordon Wagoner for this uh, for the concept the Mercedes concept uh, but BMW they they really I don't know uh, I don't know really what's going on there but they have been quite a quite a disappointment over the past year or so uh, when it comes to when it comes to you know them moving forward in their design language and really developing something um, yeah I, I don't know what you think of of this but like, you know Beijing was just another another point for me confirming uh, that they have some struggles internally yeah um yes uh, you know
0: without without delving too deep into this um, I agree yeah you know BMW is not what it once was. Um, you know, it, it it was, you know, if, if we, if we just take a a step back to, you know, maybe, I don't know, five years ago when we were still seeing products come out from, you know, Bengals leadership, there were some vehicles that were created during that time that obviously, you know, people didn't not, it, it didn't resound with some People, but in the end, they became extremely, um, extremely popular um, for a range of different reasons. Um, but they were most importantly, they were imitated by every manufacturer Correct. from you know from the U.S. to Japan. And you know, it's nowadays you don't really see that. Um, you know, you don't see something that's really standing out that because manufacturers now have the ability to press um, sheet metal um, like most other manufacturers do, right? In terms of technology, they've caught up. In terms of uh, vision, um, you know, perhaps BMW is in, in a bit of a slump. And again, you know, it's it's all perhaps they're just trying to chase something that, you know, is, is hopefully going to earn them dividends in the future. Now, we haven't seen anything um, since, uh, what was it in Frankfurt? BMW i Vision Dynamics concept. I mean, Correct, yeah. the the first thing that was shown under, um, you know, uh, what was it? D- Dominique uh, D- Domagoj dukek yeah, uh, yeah. is 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 the new is the new guy in charge of BMW, and he's also in charge of BMW's M products, which is um, talk about bookending. Yeah. So you know, he he has a lot on his plate. Um, you know, and there is. There's a shift in taking place in that brand where, you know, they're going to start making vehicles that are not purely electric. I mean, let's face it, BMW i has not been a resounding success um, from a, you know, from a business case, um, and which is a shame because, you know, the, the i8, the i3 were great from a design perspective, but, you know, they haven't been resounding successes on the market, unfortunately. Um, so they need to balance that out with something that, is going to appeal to a greater again, it's you know business to to a greater demographic. Um, but I completely agree. Um, it's you know it's a it's a crying shame when you see um, you know BMW. Uh, uh, BMW it, from my from my childhood, I remember seeing advertisements on television where they had a, an ad in the U.S. that was. Eyes are the windows to the soul. Yeah. And these BMW, these round BMW headlamps, just identifying that DRG, the kidney grill, there was nothing um, wrong with that. It was extremely identifiable from a distance all over it. So recognizable, such a strong brand identity that to mess with that is sacrilege. And, um, you know, it just especially, you know, because the the way that this new iX3 grill looks um just reminds us of a Kia tiger nose right <laughs> and that that and and Kia is nowhere near in the same league um as BMW from an aspirational perspective um and you know indeed a brand uh, recognition perspective so why would you intentionally imitate a you know budget brand you know yeah I mean, let's face it i mean it's not so it's it's a shame because under Schreyer, Kia obviously, you know, has reached a level of design um, resolution and success that um, you, know, you know Hyundai hasn't really followed. But if we just talk about the Kia brand in particular, it is an extremely um, well-designed brand from all of the elements, and ultimately they're. Uh, their you know products which they're putting out which all have this kind of family heritage and and recognizability without being a cookie cutter thing but um, something that is really just speaks to a level of design refinement that yeah. we would see on some of the German automakers for example um, and I don't know why it's happening um, you know it's besides their, you know wanting to chase um, you know some new uh, some new targets and 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 enter into uh i don't know maybe some maybe appeal to a broader demographic i don't know if it's going to enable them to do that but they should never have messed with the face of that car i quite i quite agree <laughs>
1: with that yeah and I, and i think i mean obviously they they still do suffer from, you know, the fact that they lost a lot of people in very, very high positions. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is this is still one of the points and we should not forget about this. But uh, I, I do personally believe that they miss just this kind of point of getting on to the next level as well. Uh, I think if, you, if we combine them, for example, with... Oh, you know, compare them uh, with someone like Volvo, yeah. And obviously, mm-hmm. Volvo uh, had this, you know, really, really fantastic kind of development with the help of Geely, yeah. So uh, let's, yes. let's, let's really give the credit here to Geely as well. Uh, but Thomas Lincoln has done a very, very good job uh, over the past yes. over the past few years. But you know, they they clearly developed something there which was which was bigger. I mean, you know, we saw the Lincoln Co, and uh, it was actually my first time I saw the cars. You know, you know, was able to touch the car, sit inside of them, and stuff like that, and 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 you can see that there's a clear, you know, there, there is a family there. I mean, you know, uh, it is the same platform as the as the Volvo XC40, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it makes a lot of sense. They're well made, yeah. And um, if I if I look into a Volvo nowadays, uh, they're they're just really really good. There's nothing else to say. The design is fantastic, um, yeah. you know, and I, and I think. If we compare it into someone like BMW, you know, even you mentioned obviously the the, the Koreans earlier with uh, with uh, Peter Schreyer, you know, being being the head of officially still Kia and Hyundai together. But if yeah. we look at where, where Hyundai has come from and you know what they've shown in Geneva with uh, with their show car, uh, mm-hmm. if, if we look into where Kia has come from and where they are now, and then of course like you know the kind of high point at the moment in the, in that kind of company is is the Genesis brand with the with yes. the Accenture pro, uh, you know project and concept that they've shown in in new york just a few weeks ago they they're all in a mode where they're developing yeah and yes. you see you clearly see a way forward and you see that there's new ideas coming And And I think, you know, if we compare BMW then to Mercedes, we saw that a few years ago when Wagner took over, that there was a clear step forward. Um, but I, I really do miss that at BMW. I, I, I don't see that step, you know, and I really sincerely hope that, uh, uh, you know, Josef Caban will be able to do that and will be able to take that step further. But I think, and this is the funny thing with China, to 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 come back to that, and I think we can we can talk a little bit about this kind of where China is going to as well. The idea of you know having mm-hmm. the competition, you know having to compete not just on a global market but also on a you know designers market for people, yes. you know. And I think you can really really see that in terms of the development as well. And some people deal with that very very well. Uh, some people just don't deal with it at all, and some people just deal with it in a very, very bad way. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, and you can see that, and this really comes back. I mean, you look into the Geelys. I, I don't have to say I don't really like the um, uh, the concept that they've shown. It looks a little bit like a mix of an XC40, you know, and a and a Honda concept. Uh, you know, it's mm. it's not really that well made, but you can really really see that there is a development there, and yeah. and and this is the fundamental thing. You know, developing things further, that like, you know, getting onto this kind of next level, and this is this is really where China is pushing at the moment. China as a whole industry. yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter if it's Geely or if we're talking about BYD or, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, you know, Cherry or, you know, SAIC or if we're talking about FAW. There's a clear development and also, you know, doing, you know, beautiful and emotional products. They're obviously not there yet. Uh, We have Mm. to stress that, I think, but, you know, they're on a very, very good way. And I think... Um I, I I just personally hope that, you know, our you know, more established companies are are still keeping up with them, you know that they're trying to develop something. I mean, let's be very very honest You know we look, look into a biton um, I you know I, I, I had the opportunity to actually sit in one uh, at the show and of mm. course you do have that massive screen And I have spoken to a number of people who just said oh my god. What do you want to do with that kind of screen? Is it really useful? Mm. Um, but I think this is not the right question to ask the question is also to ask just like, you know Who's willing to do something like that? You know who's willing to to try something that maybe goes for a different kind of Customer base, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a younger customer base or a customer base that came from, you know, comes from a different kind of background. And uh, funnily, being, um, sorry, Mercedes did something similar with, like, you know, having two screens in the new A-Class, for example. So we, we're tending to have more and more screens in there. But who is really willing to take that big risk, yeah, to take something, like, you know, uh, let's say even over the top, you know, as maybe a Biden does with, um, uh, with that kind of screen. And uh, and and this is where it becomes interesting, you know. It's just like, you know, how how far do you want to go? How far do you want to push it? And and I still, you know, I still worry a little bit that, you know. Once the Chinese go to that kind of point, let's go really crazy and let's really try to do new things and you know really get onto the kind of autonomous uh, situation. Maybe we will be in a position that the, the the traditional manufacturers are maybe not on that level anymore. And um, I I want to quote someone that uh, you know I've spoken to quite some time ago, uh, but who came from a, from one of the German big manufacturers, uh, who said uh, you know yeah we're we're going to let the others do it. We're going to let them test. You know, test it and see if everything works out. And if it works out, we just we're going to do it, but we're just going to do it better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. and I think that has worked out for them for quite a long time. But it's not going to work out for them in the next you know in the next years um, because you know just doing it better is not the case anymore. You know, I think we're turning towards this kind of culture uh, also with the cars that we're not going to have them for you know 10 years anymore. But they're becoming exchangeable. Yeah. So we're going yeah. into this kind of shared culture, and then you know it's not just a about, okay if you do it well it's like who does it first and uh, this is what I think we clearly saw in China is this kind of push for new things and you know try to show something new or try to show something that is uh, a little bit more vague uh, you know I mean we, we, we saw the the Changan, uh, what, what what was that? The, 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 the speaking of a new subbrand earlier, but uh, this is new yeah, subbrand. Ocean, ocean, ocean new age. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We apologize yeah. to the guys in Turin yeah. who did that kind of car, <laughs> but uh, we have we have no real idea what uh, you know how to really pronounce that. But uh, that was that was a good look into the future. Yeah, I think that was that was a nice show car. Uh, I didn't really expect that coming out from a company, a you know, Chinese company, uh, but that was uh, that was a very very pleasant surprise. The way show car. Was was uh, was really uh, something as well I mean this kind of fin uh, in the rear end was a little bit strange but we yeah. saw it with the colors as well you know like they're trying things they, they, they want to be they want to be recognized uh, mm-hmm. with those kind of show cars and I think that's that's really cool and and, and heading towards that kind of situation uh, but it's also a representation of where China is heading at the moment yeah mm-hmm. uh, to be very very honest so um but I yep. want to I, I ask you a question. What, what, what was your best and what was your worst of uh, of Beijing? Of what you saw? You, let's, let, let's be let's be straightforward here.
0: Um, from what I saw, let's see. Um, I, uh, you know, there was there was quite a lot of interesting things. Um, I I wouldn't say the Mercedes was the worst, but you know, I wasn't there up close and. You know, it, it, it quite possibly was, um, you know, if, if anything, it's a rummer up to be, to being the, the worst concept there on the show. Um, but, you know, it, I, I, I don't know if I can really like talk about specific cars that were the best or not. There were some that were really good, pushed forward some really good ideas, like the, uh, Cantu Concept I, for example, mm-hmm. that was, uh, uh, a little, you know, uh, four door, um, uh, you know the colorways in that car, the division of colorways with, you know, the uh, passenger seat being different and just kind of crisscrossing throughout the car, the detailing and so forth. I mean, that's that's a you know something that we're we're, I'd like to explore a little bit further. But I, I want to get back to something else that you were talking about. Sure. Um, before, because you know, yes, there are people, uh, companies in particular that are willing to take risks. And they, you know, they're going out there. And the thing is, though, you, you know, you mentioned that Chang'an concept. And that Chang'an concept, as you mentioned also, was d- designed in Turin. The Chang'an concept was created by a guy who used to um, work at Toyota's European studio in, in Nice. Yeah. And now he's running this uh this new ocean brand and it's one of the new brands that has come out under changan because there was no actual changan badging yeah. on that vehicle so it's it's kind of uh you know uh, another split because they already have the suv line and the the sedan line and they've got a lot of splits within that yeah. studio um there's there's a lot of things that were shown that are developed by you know people that say the Biden, for example where the designer the senior leadership team within design clearly has the ear of the people in the board um, and the people calling the shots um and the people with the hold in the purse strings yeah because they're able to really push their ideas forward mainly because they're getting the go ahead from from other people to within the company to invest in these types of things um, now there's there was a lot of cool stuff. I mean, Neo in particular. I think they've shown the Eve before, but the Eve yeah. is is a really a very very nice car. Again, designed in Europe. Um, you know, the EP9 you know came through David Hilton, and that was entirely conceived in the UK. Um, and you know, with a bit of help from Munich, uh, it's it's. I mean, earlier we were talking about um, you know Hyundai. Hyundai had Le, le Fil Rouge out yeah. there, which is which is which is brilliant. Um, you know, from a concept perspective, um, and you know, you've got Luke Donkervog, you've got Sangha Lee over there, um, both of which have acquired a hell of a lot of experience at uh, premium brands, yes. but also, you know, um, in in the U.S., in in uh, in Europe, and and now they're basically setting the tone for the new age of Hyundai, and that includes Genesis and they are really pushing the design envelope, and they're doing quite well. But, again, I mean, earlier you were talking uh, also about the honky concept. Now, if you take some of those colors away and tone it down a little bit and throw a Mercedes badge, that could be a Mercedes, so it's not exactly original, Um, and it didn't have an interior or anything like that, but, you know, the Chinese, from what I've seen from homegrown Chinese brands, is that while there's a lot less copycats going on, there's still a fair bit of copycat, um, you know, syndrome because it's not what it used to be. But if you take elements of that Geely icon, for example, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, they were perhaps a bit too close to the Geely, to the Volvo XC40. Because that entire body side just, I can't help but remind. It can't yeah. help but remind me of. I mean, you've got the the soft surface. You've got the concave, you know, around the wheel arches. You've got this exact theme that you know the Volvo XC40 and the team over in Sweden did. That is way more successful than what what Geely did on on their concept. It's it's still good, but to me, it's a mix match between. The Range Rover Evoque, especially with the roofline, yeah, uh, and 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 the uh, and the Volvo XC40, is it entirely original? No. Is it is it cute? Is it okay? Yeah, you know, it's all right, but it's not entirely original. Um, the Chang'an thing is really good in a sense that there is there is, and this is kind of across the across the board actually. The, the Chinese have really discovered detail, yeah, and that is enabling them. Well, there's loads of technology out there that is enabling them to do this. 3D printing is one of them, clearly. But um, they are really looking at little tiny details where they're, you know, from MG to, um, to Queen, Queen 2 that I mentioned yeah. uh, earlier. Um, you know, they, they, there is a level of detail um, to the design that is incredible. Um, and little like perforations, little um you know uh technical elements, uh, 3D printed elements, all of these things that are appearing in, you know, whether they're it's a, it's in metal or it's in leather or Alcantara. I mean the materials also quality wise yeah um is 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 through the roof. Um and they but they're still, you know there's still, I think, that desire to kind of imitate the premium brands. There's a few that are going out and doing other things that are potentially moving it forward, like, you know, biting with the big screen yeah. and people, and, and people are saying, okay, you know, we'll put that, because there was loads of cars in, in Beijing with massive screens um, because hey, let's face it, that's the focus now for customers. They, you know, they, and, and for brands, therefore they want to let people know that they are, you know, at the top of their game, in terms of technology um, in terms of design, so they're in- including all of these things that just looking at the vehicle, you would initially believe that it is um you know just of high quality just because of the way it looks, now whether or yeah. not it functions well, whether or not it's long lasting et cetera et cetera um, you know the quality may not be there in the long run, who knows. Um, but from a, from a, just looking at it from a concept perspective, um, they're doing things like screens that rotate around, you know, I mean, Tesla sized screens that you can have in portrait and landscape mode, um, you know, and in these massive screens, like on the and concept, yeah. but on, on others as well, um, that, you know, names I can't even pronounce <laughs> they come from, from these brands that I've never heard of. Um, but it's. It's really interesting to see how just how big um, technology is and is influencing buyers. Um, obviously, the the whole race to autonomy is is something that um, you know people are considering. You don't need to drive; you can do a whole bunch yeah. of things. But I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves at the moment. We still need to drive. Yeah. So having something that is a massive screen in front of you that could potentially get in the way, whether or not it dims when you're, when you're driving or not, as the Biton screen does, I've been told, because I, I had a chance to drive right around that car in Vegas when it yeah. was unveiled. and I was really, really impressed by the exterior design, the detailing, the overall resolve of that car, um, not to mention the fact that it's kind of a mix mash between a wagon and an SUV. It's not as tall as an SUV. It's, it's far more elegant, wider as well, yeah. lower, Um, And then the interior is just is just crazy from, you know, the steering wheel to the uh, the the color and trim in that car. The uh, and then the massive HMI screen, um, which, you know, is is really going to be a strong, a very strong selling point for that car. Um, So it's there's lots of things that are happening in the Chinese industry that are particularly led by market demand. I mean, let's not forget that. You know, if we look at SAIC for example, they've got a connection with Baidu, yeah. uh, And they're they're you know streaming all of these things. I mean, in China in particular, they're so well connected. You can walk around with just your phone. Forget about taking your wallet. Forget about cash. What's cash? Exactly. Exactly. You don't need anything. You just walk into some a store. And, and, you know, you, you can just walk in, walk out and not take your hand out of your pocket. It's, it's amazing. So they're moving that into the car and the internet connectivity is seen uh, as a big deal and they're obviously taking off because they've adopted this so quickly. Just like with the electric vehicles, I mean, there's government mandates that are helping them, but government mandates, um, you know, are, are there to clear up the air and, you know, to also, propel the industry forward because where are you gonna go? I mean the the Europeans, the Westerners, um in particular, the you know, the Americans, all of these guys, the people that invented um the internal combustion engine have refined it to the point where there's nothing much more that you can do. But then you've got this air quality issue which is you know plaguing Beijing in particular, um, but China as a whole. And and that is becoming just much more of an issue globally where China and the government stepped in and said, hey, you know, we've got this ability to manufacture and to really seize, grab the bull by the horns right now and seize this opportunity to come up with electric cars. And that is going to be our our USP, you know, yeah. I mean, and, and, and they're they've got manufacturing plants. I mean, they're buying out. Uh, it's, it's amazing the amount of foreign investment that China has put into um, other companies and other countries, rather, that have the ability to create things that they need.
1: And let's be very, very they, honest on this one yeah. as well. I mean, you know, what we cannot forget, and I think this is sometimes for us looking, you know, for us Westerners looking into China, the Chinese car industry is not very old. Yeah. So for 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 them to change, and uh, you just mentioned this kind of initiative of having the electric engines or like you know the electric uh, the the batteries uh, powering the cars, that is something that is still rather easy to do in an industry that is only about thirty years old. Yeah. I mean, if we look into Geely. Or even into Chang'an. I mean, I think Chang'an started in 2006 or something like that in terms of building cars. Yeah, and uh, they're now selling about one and a half million cars a year or something like that, yeah? So we we, we have to let that just, you know, drop on the floor uh, and understand what this actually means. And this is is a much, much quicker kind of way of changing. And I think, you know, just imagine, like, you know, a Mercedes or, you know, even a Jaguar Land Rover uh, having, you know, all these plants and, you know, of changing everything that's going to cost them not just a lot of money but also a lot of time, yeah, because they have to train their people, um, you know, they have to make sure that all their, their, their suppliers are doing with this. And if you know, if you have a bite in if you or like, you know, obviously, all these kind of companies. Uh, do have the joint ventures, and if the Chinese joint ventures are already you know set up to 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 build and to to manufacture electric vehicles, it's a much quicker process yeah, so we're we're talking about really in you know integrating this into the whole society much much quicker, and I think you know you we as 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 westerners or as you know more of the traditional side in terms of producing and the manufacturing cars we do have to understand this, that you know we cannot we cannot ask from the manufacturers over here in germany to be as quick uh, just because it's, it's just not possible yeah i think it's uh, it's just an absolutely impossible uh, task to do something like that but we have to be very very cautious of what's uh, what's happening in china because i think the big point is they let's be very very honest here and this is where it's becoming interesting in terms of car design as well they're absolutely fantastic nowadays in terms of manufacturing in terms of speed mm. yeah so we've mm-hmm. seen that with uh, we've seen it with phones so like mobile phones uh, we now see it with cars in terms of you know how quickly they can get them from a from a first concept into production you know some of them just take less than two years uh, which is absolutely mm. manic but yeah. at the same time you know they're more and more getting into this kind of situation where they have to learn how to you know develop something and I think this is a really interesting situation where we are in terms of chi- car design for Chinese brands is that we see fewer Europeans you know, coming into those kind of brands, we see stronger, stronger graduates. You know, coming to China, work being at schools such as CCS or Fort Time or you know the RCA, going back to China pretty much right away, having a very mm-hmm. good education, and we will we will see that in the next few years. Yeah, that those kind of guys, they're they're going to be pushing. Yeah, and they want to they want to push for new kind of. Uh, for you know, for new kind of Chinese design, and I think we're just yeah. at the beginning of all of this. Um, and yeah, this is this is what I'm actually really interested all about, yeah. Because, um, and this is you know coming back to the BMW. I think BMW is obviously has always been on the forefront of this kind of international, uh, you know, heritage of the company. You know, if we see who's uh, uh, who has been at the head of the company in terms of design, uh, you know, we, they were very very lucky of being very international, uh, for mm-hmm. example. And I think in China, China, we're gonna more and more, to, you know, move towards, uh, you know, a Chinese, um, you know, Chinese uh, design chief. I think. I mean, we can see yeah. that already uh, with GAC, where we have Fan uh you know, leading the whole team. Was it Mercedes, mm-hmm. I think, as well. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's, I think over the next few years, this will become more and more and more. And I think with GAC, we can see that those kind of cars have specifically been made for the Chinese market. It's almost like you know, China, Chinese for Chinese. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this will come. More and more and more, and once that happens, the Chinese market will become even more competitive. Yeah, because I think that it's not just like no disrespect to anybody of uh, uh, of the Westerners or like the Europeans working working in China, uh, mm. but it's still a kind of an interpretation of what's going on. You know, it's almost like you know yeah. a Chinese then coming to Europe and interpreting interpreting what what a German is like or something like that. I mean, this is the big fun of all of this. But mm. I think once we get really to this point where we have. Uh, the majority of the design chiefs in China are Chinese, then we're really going to see how far they can go, yeah, yeah. in terms of their creativity and, and like I said earlier, I mean, we're just in the beginning of this, we see you know, more and more um, you know, really very very good Chinese designers coming through and yeah. that, uh, you know, in all these kind of developments and I am really, really interested to see what's going to happen what's going to happen next, I mean, you know to, to kind of look forward a little bit um... The CES Asia in Shanghai in June is going to be, I think, very interesting. Uh, mm. Biden have announced uh, their second show car for that one, which is going to be a sedan. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to be very, very keen on seeing, you know, what they're going to do with that kind of big screen within that sedan. Uh, uh-huh. So um, that's going to be interesting, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of these other Chinese uh, manufacturers will show something, and, and and I expect a lot of kind of interiors or interior concepts for that kind of show because it, uh, you know, includes so much technology. So much technology, um, so that's that's something that I'm really going to be looking forward to, um, mm. due to that CS Asia show, and um, and, I, and yeah, and I, and I do have very, very high hopes for the Chinese. Like I said, I, I was very, very you know positively surprised of the Beijing show, uh, mm. as you mentioned, not everything was perfect uh, in that kind of regard, but it was. Uh, very 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 good Um, it was good fun over there as well and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, kudos to all the um, you know all the Chinese ones uh, for really stepping up their game slowly I mean that's that's really good and um, there's there's one one thing that I really wanted to say uh, that was just for me an absolute standout uh, at this show and uh, this was uh, I think it was the Audi a7 they were showing there and I knew the car before so that wasn't really that what was uh, surprising Uh, but it was just a color Um, there was this kind of dark blue tone uh, that whoever at Audi did this this is you know congratulations this was a fantastic color and you know it was probably uh, the best kind of you know look that i had onto a car Uh, i was standing in front of it for a few minutes and i was like this is a really really nice car and this was really that was really like an eye catcher and something that i say hey this was really really well done yeah in that Mm -hmm. kind of regard and i think um you know we saw a lot of blue we saw a lot of green but this was by far the best color um, that i that I saw on any of those cars over there, and I think special mentioned special mention to the guys over at Audi for developing that I was uh, absolutely fantastic yeah in nice. in that kind of regard but um I think let's let's uh, uh, let's let's wrap up the the, the Beijing show here and a little bit what's going on in China at the moment. We're gonna, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we're gonna do another another podcast on just you know a little bit more on China and go a little bit more in detail. Yes. Um, but let's talk about something that I think we, we always find really interesting is um, you know completely different topic. Who's where? Uh, you know who went where in that kind mm-hmm. of regard. And um, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have seen this, but we have uh, to be a uh, German uh, German designer who went from Bugatti to Aston Martin to uh, mm-hmm. to become the chief exterior designer there because Ma- Miles Nürnberger was promoted to uh, yes. I think head of design I think yeah, it is he is
0: design director now of uh, Aston Martin oh, okay. very, very, very good well, um, he has been promoted uh, and Tobias uh, moved over from Bugatti to take over the exterior designer chief position um, over there and I. It's It seems to me like, um, you know, a good move for him. Um, it's going to be different in terms of company culture. Um, you know, working at Bugatti, a very, very small team. Um, but, you know, I haven't had the opportunity to, uh, to, to speak with Tobias. Um, I would like to. Uh, I've... <laughs> <laughs> I sent him a message, but uh, just this morning, so um, he obviously hasn't had a chance to get back <laughs> to me. But uh, I, I hope that he does because it is very interesting. Now, if I can just speculate, it, it seems like there's a lot more going on in Aston than there is at Bugatti. I mean, for a while, um, you know, during the whole like VW emissions crisis, um, you know, uh, debacle it yeah. was uh a diesel gate as it was called <laughs> um is uh it, you know it it was there was talk about whether or not that uh that brand would actually see it through i remember you know um the design director Akeem being being uh you know kind of uneasy when when we were talking about you know they just unveiled the Chiron yeah. um and and you know, he really didn't know if there was if there was life after <laughs> after the Chiron at Bugatti. Um, you know, he didn't say so in so many words, but it was clear. You know, I'm pretty good at reading people. <laughs> but but so, you know, and, and he was, you know, it was like, is it is it really, you know, is it going to keep going? Because I mean, Bugatti is it's the crown jewel, obviously, in the VW um, group of, yeah. uh, of of products, right? But it's not exactly a massive money maker, And when you got so many kind of expensive um, development costs um, and, you know, for, for, for products that, you know, are just really very, very niche, do you need um, to continue doing that when you're facing such a, a, a financial crisis? Now, everything kind of panned out and I'm sure they've got other products in the thing, but they don't have that many products. <laughs> you know? yeah. it's not like you're. It's not like you're doing a new car every year, or every um, you know, every six months or whatever. It's, it's just not that. So it could be that he got you know bored, saw more opportunity because Aston Martin has, um, you know, from what I've seen anyway he and heard, um, quite an ambitious goal to um to develop you know new products into the into the future here and and, the, and they should i mean there's no reason why aston martin can't become bigger than it is yeah it's uh it's a very small um you know still a very niche manufacturer but it has the potential to um really develop as a as a bigger player shall we say it's not going to be a massive player right it's not going to become uh um the hyundai of cars but at the same time it, uh, as a premium automaker um, it really could do a lot more than it's doing at the moment. So, you know, uh, first of all, I want to say congratulations to Tobias because um, you know, obviously I wrote him earlier and, yeah. and congratulated him as well. But I think uh, it's a good move for him.
1: I agree. I do agree. And I think, you know, obviously, I think it's a good move actually for both sides. Yeah. Um, to be very honest. I mean, yeah, you know, those guys at Volkswagen who've been there for a number of years, they, they really know how to, you know, how to design quality cars. And they really know how to, you know, produce on a very, very high level. And I think the designers are in a very, very good shape. And I think for... Uh, uh, for Tobias, this is, a, is it's a very very good move personally. Um, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of stuff to do at Aston Martin. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know the kind of mix of working for Volkswagen and then doing a Bugatti for about a year, uh, you know, has prepared him quite well for like a luxury brand such as Aston. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, well done him. Um, and uh, you know, Tobias, if you hear this, uh, you know, we would love to speak to you. We maybe have to, you know, love <laughs> to have you on the pod at some point in the future uh, to talk yeah, a little bit about that with then. you. <laughs> don't uh
0: <laughs> yeah um, don't uh i mean i i would love to speak with him um but personally i i know you know when you work for a manufacturer it's just always difficult to get out there and, and speak without getting like for, for example uh, he he cut his teeth at volkswagen he's a, a Forsheim guy uh, you know i met him in 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 Forsheim, actually to discuss this bugatti project and we drove around in his car um, and you know, that's kind of his ritual when he goes to force to check out, um, you know, where he used to live. So he's out there, you know, pointing out, uh, where Micha Borkert, uh, you know, now design director of Lamborghini, who was his classmate at the time lived uh, a bunch of, a bunch of different designers that are now in very high places. Um, and, and it was great just to kind of ride around with him, but, um, he, you know, he didn't want to be. I I thought about doing a little video because I thought it would have been amazing to yeah, to kind yeah. of uh yeah, you know, that moment, you know, um, uh, Tobias driving around his his old college town, you know, and and remembering all of his like you know mates that are now. You know, it, design chiefs and design directors, and in um, in, in very <laughs> different places. You know, like oh yeah, Anders Worming used to live there. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it was it was super cool to do that. But again, um, when you work for a company, look. You always have to pass everything through PR, um, and that is a big thorn in my side because you know I'd rather just contact the guys directly. But a lot of the time, you know, sure, it's it's their job and they can't uh, they can't talk to you off the record. And um, you know, I'll forever be um, you know remembering uh, in particular uh, when when the when the Shiron actually was unveiled. Um, I, I ran into, uh, Sasha uh, Salipanov, who was at the time exterior design chief over there. Yes. Um, shout, out to, it, Sasha. Uh, shout, out, shout yeah, out to Sasha. Sasha, man, you know, love you guys. Uh, no, big shout out to Sasha because he, he is one of the guys that doesn't really fall into this whole like corporate thing. I mean, you always see him walking around with Metallica t-shirts. <laughs> so maybe it was, you know, because at Bugatti, you know, I spoke to Akim, I spoke to, um, uh the interior guy I uh, forgot Ichen, his name now Ichen. Ichen, thank you very much and and they're wearing these incredible three piece suits with you know and I don't know I mean maybe it was that but ultimately I did manage to speak to um you know both um, uh, Itchen and um and, and Akeem but but they for some reason i i wasn't able to speak to um i wasn't able to speak to sasha until uh you know after i'd left and finished doing the interview did did sasha give me a call and say hey you know i've gotten the green light at which point it was like you know the closing of the show and it was yeah. kind of too late um but yeah he's a great guy and he's doing some fantastic things over at genesis and i think really he's able to spread his wings a bit more over there um you know he being a head of bugatti um creative uh exterior whatever his title was it was quite quite unique um but he was in charge of exterior design over there at bugatti and he was able to really do some very very cool stuff with that chiron um as well as the concept um Key Gran turismo yes. precursor which was actually done after the the actual car but um that's like typical these days, you know. <laughs> yeah. but uh, um, but it was it was really good to see to see him make that move to genesis because i think um under uh luke and you know he's got an advanced design studio over there in frankfurt that he's running now he's got a great team um and you know it's obvious visible with that uh, uh, uh essential concept that was unveiled in new york and for the genesis brand's really really taken off and and it's something that i'm really closely following because yeah. really electric is is like the new sports car right it's the new like testarossa that was hanging on yeah. our bedroom wall and as well when we were a kid.
1: yeah we see it with especially with genesis at the moment i mean you know like Gen- the the, the essential was an electric car and mm-hmm. uh, and i think you know um just a so proportion of, proportion like a traditional gt uh, though. exactly exactly but it's still an electric car yeah and and we can only we we can obviously you know again uh we we, we wish have you know nothing but the best to um uh, to uh, to be us on this uh, on this move and uh, you know if he if he steps into a very very similar situation or like you know in a similar creative situation as Sasha for example uh, there will be some other great things happening in Aston very very soon yeah so mm-hmm. I think that's uh, that's uh, that's absolutely uh, yeah that's the right di- direction for him and I think it was a, it was a good move but I wanted to talk to you about something else um, mm-hmm. because we've got to lay a little bit away with this but um, uh, let's talk about Frank Stevenson. Um, ah. Who, <laughs> who obviously left Ms. McLaren, Stephenson. Yes, you know, left McLaren not so long ago, mm. and um, yeah, is now joining uh, a little company that is based down here in Munich called Lilium, who, who are a electric, uh, you know, like a, a vehicle aviation company, uh, which is kind of taking the idea of, I think, a shared, uh, or like, a, you know, a, I don't even know, like a flying taxi yeah. approach uh, or something like that. That's um, the
0: game. That's what they say. You yeah. know, uh, basically, the robo-taxi um, cool. is, is, going to, <laughs> is going to be... Um, it's going yeah, to be their I thing,
1: mean, yeah. That, but that's, let's be very that's honest on this one. Yeah. This, is, this is weird on... A lot of sites. Um, I think this is weird for uh, someone like Lilium, uh, I think, but it's also a strange move from Frank, um, I think. I mean, I, you know, I, I do have to say I don't know him personally. Um, mm. I have spoken to him once before, but I wouldn't say this was, you know, like the, that, we, that we've become, you know, good friends or something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is overall, you know, if, if we say, you know, Tobias' move was a very, very good one. Um, I find this one a little bit strange. What do you think?
0: All right. Well, from my perspective, um, there, obviously, there's always two sides, right? I mean, Frank, uh, he left McLaren a, a, a long time ago. I mean, this wasn't like, you know, uh, he, Robert Melville was uh, was um, announced just in May last year, so a year ago, yeah. um, as um, McLaren's new design director, but Frank had left months before that i think it was november 2016 um and he where he you know actually not been coming into the studio anymore so i don't want to speculate on why it is that frank stevenson left mclaren um there are a couple of stories that i've heard but you know regardless i don't want to get into that what is interesting now that frank is in the stage in his life i mean he's been you know if you <laughs> if i don't know him all that well either i've met him on several occasions i shared a couple of conversations and a um a stage with him in beijing last summer um which he apparently doesn't recall but he um i i wrote something recently on my website which kind of i don't know uh i guess um didn't go over too smoothly, shall we say? Because I, I, I mentioned him um, in the story, and it wasn't really about him at all. Um, it was just about other reporters writing things that aren't fact-checked, or you know, um, and just putting things out there that I thought was was not cool uh, from a journalistic perspective. Now, um, for as far as his move, like, look, if you if you take Lillian, uh, an upstart company that's building uh, 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 they're not you know they're not electric planes they're they're like a, a new type of plane right electrical yeah. vertical takeoff and landing vehicle which which is basically going to be used as an urban commuter thing you know within Manhattan for example you can easily see that being used go to Brooklyn land in Manhattan you know easily um, in a lot of urban environments use these uh vtol jets and mobile taxis right but so frank's hadn't had a job i'm sure he's been looking around for a while he didn't go to Mini, as some of these other companies or publications speculated which is really what i was talking about in my other article um but he's been looking for i think he's been doing a few kind of odd design jobs between then and now for lilium it makes perfect sense right (laughs) i mean look Frank is a high-profile guy. Exactly. Um, he's worked at Mini. He's got a couple of things under his belt. He was you know, on the 500 project. He was on the Mini Resurrection project. He was at McLaren for a while. So you, know, you start throwing Frank Stephenson's name around, and people are going to start publishing his stuff. Now, he probably has a fair amount of contacts in the industry as well, which enables them to kind of build a team, which is exactly why they hired him. Um, Frank, you know, he's going to be bringing people on board and they've got ambitions to really develop this, um, you know, startup company into something big, which, um, you know, and, and that's why he's there to build up the uh, the design language, but really to set up a team.
1: Yeah, um, and of course. You know. and of course. Let's not forget, of course, in. in you know, he does have the reputation, yeah, mm. and of course, he's going to be a drawing point for uh, potential investors. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we've seen that with other startup companies as well, is that the design is becoming more and more important. Mm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I do, I do understand that from a Lillian perspective um but also I mean you know from from what we can hear from from you know just around here in Munich it's obviously on the newspapers and stuff like that because it's you know it's it's a kind of a very very nice story for the uh, you know for the for the for the Munich startup companies mm-hmm. uh, to say yes. at least they've gotten people from Tesla as far as I know you know mm-hmm. uh, people from uh, Airbus as well for their lobby work I think as well and all these things so it seems like you know they they, they are going into the right direction in terms of hiring the right people um it's just something in that uh, you know what I always want to question and I don't even know if this is the you know this is not even like criticizing uh, Frank on this one I think it's just it's one thing uh, to to do a car even if it's a sports car Um, Mm. but I've spoken to a number of people about this you know designing or leading uh, the infrastructure design as well uh, for a company such as Lilium or, Lilium or these uh, BTOL uh, companies, mm-hmm. you know, it, there, there's so many regulations that you have to work on and so many kind of, you know, other points such as, you know, user interfaces, user experiences, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, mm-hmm. and what I find really questioning is that, you know, they all want to be uh, pilotless, pretty much. Yeah, and um, uh, it's it's always this kind of question. Can a can a car designer um, really really do something like that? Yeah, um, I don't want to say that you know a car designer per se cannot do that, but uh, it's it's something different if if you do a sports car or something like that but that you have full control of, um, mm. or if you do a. Let's say, uh, you know, Neo-Eve style, uh, completely autonomous kind of car that you don't really care about who drives it or how it's being driven because it's so comfortable. Yeah. Mm. Um, so this is this is a really interesting for me to see how uh, how Frank, you know, is gonna is is gonna put his kind of experience into that. Yeah, um, I think that's going to be, you know, a fascinating point to see. It's going to be really interesting to see uh, how he's going to recruit his people. Yeah, are mm-hmm. they going to be very automotive based? Are they going to be, let's say, more product or industrial based in those kind of things? Because let's be very, very honest: if you don't really design an exterior of a plane. That's all engineering, yeah. So um, we're talking about uh, infrastructure. We're talking about interiors, maybe. But um, you know, maybe maybe he finds a way to you know bring in uh, an, an exterior design for for those kind of planes. So that's going to be really interesting to see. Um, but yeah, but still, I mean, you know, I was I was expecting Frank. I mean, he just recently started, I think, his own uh, you know his own little company uh, mm-hmm. to do some design work, uh, you know, freelance or consulting and yeah, stuff like that. Right, right. Um, I was more expecting to go down to Chris Beck route um you know to, to to really be on those kind of own projects or uh, that kind of way didn't really expect him to join a company such as Lilium but mm-hmm. um, yeah like I said for me it's a little bit of a strange move uh, in, in in that kind of situation but I'm very curious to see how this is all going to turn out yeah because I think um the guys at Lilium who run the company are very very young uh, it mm. speaks for them to hire people with a lot of experience um and to give those guys really the uh, you know the trust and I think also the um you know the responsibility to bring something forward, um, and I'm really, really interesting to see um, what uh, what they have in mind to push everything forward. Because the infrastructure is, is is I think the main problem. It's not about the interior design of the of the plane or the the interface. Uh, mm-hmm. That whole infrastructure combination is what uh, what's going to be really interesting. So that's that's what I'm just uh, you know really curious to see if Frank can do that as well. Uh, because we know him as a as a as a good car designer, yeah, and I mm-hmm. think as a uh, you know, who, who really has done some fantastic work in the past. Uh, let's, let's really not, you know, take anything away from him. He has done some yeah. really, really good jobs. Absolutely. Um, and let's see if he if, if if he can take that onto onto a different kind of playing field. That's mm. uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to be very very good. Uh, I think to to kind of just you know see and uh, and, and see the development. But um, yeah, I, I, let's let's say I, I, I was surprised when when they announced that. Uh, you know maybe it would not have been my personal first choice, but um, I, I can understand why they have taking someone like him on board. I mean the reputation of, of course, kind of speaks for himself. Yeah,
0: no, it's uh, it, it's it's clear from the company's perspective, especially if they're you know just a a young team starting out, that uh, you know the appeal of someone like Frank Stephenson on board um, would not only be good for investors, as you mentioned, but also for recruiting the team and getting people on board. And, and let's not forget, I mean, you know, designers at Frank's level had to work hand in hand with engineers. Exactly. Um, you know, you don't develop a McLaren without taking into account engineers at BMW as well. I mean. You know these guys. Nowadays, it's not like you know one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing. You got to work together. And basically, you're right. I don't think there's much. Um, you know, I don't design planes. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what goes into. But at the same time, you know, Daniel Simons applied some of his design work, uh, you know, quote unquote, onto uh, onto planes, and he's now working with single vehicle design. Yeah. Um, now the thing is. It, it, you know if you're just kind of working on graphics or you know whatever for an exterior that's fairly easy to do while keeping all the engineers happy right yeah um i think the the bulk of the work stands um in the uh in the infrastructure as you mentioned clearly um because all that needs to be designed and um and the interiors and i think you know if you <laughs> If you know a little bit about Frank Stevenson's lifestyle, he's a jet setter. Yeah. He, if there's anything that he knows, it's luxury, right? It's 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 rubbing elbows with you know people that stay in five star hotels and staying in five star hotels himself. You know, going the Maldives or wherever the hell he was for for a long period last year, where all you saw on his Instagram feed was him kicking up his feet in the Caribbean or something, some place with beaches. And um, you know, it's obviously um, it wasn't it wasn't um, you know a cheap uh, resort in, uh, in, uh, Cambodia or wherever the hell there was, he was, he was living the high life. And that is what, what Lilium's about. I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, these types of robo taxis are not going to take you and I to work, right? They're going <laughs> to take, they're going to take people like, you know, Donald Trump or, you know, um, high rolling executives, um, around when they can't be bothered to get in the, uh, you know, whatever, Bentley SUV to go to the airport. So it's, it's, it's something that is, I think, very appealing for, for Frank um, in that he can continue to kind of lead this, this life and, and, and also within that he can bring on board people from product design backgrounds, interior designers, um, people that have architectural backgrounds, perhaps, um, clearly, because you need to set up this entire infrastructure. And then he's just going to make sure that everything is aligned as a design director does. Uh, now, it's important to note that he's not head of vehicle design, right? His role... Yeah, his role is, is officially head of product design. design yeah, Head exactly. of product design is his so official role. the products is not just the planes. Um, so it's all encompassing... And he's just going to basically work to find a common thread throughout everything that Lillian does in order to create a synergy within all of these different elements and, you know, a harmonious, if you will, design language across the board. And I think I think that's a good opportunity there. Um, You know, as you mentioned, he did his own design consultancy. He was working on a few projects. I have no idea how this came about. You know, maybe he was working with them in a freelance capacity. They gave him a full time role. Um, you know, maybe, uh, they came scouting for him. Maybe he went scouting for them. I don't know. But, um, I think that there is, it's, it's interesting, you know, I mean, look, he, he does have experience working with engineers. Um, he has worked in vehicle design for a long time, but, you know, he also does other things. I mean, you know, he, he, he likes to ride horses. He, you know, he uh, he likes to draw horses. I mean, there's no reason why uh, a designer can't progress his interest laterally, or his career rather laterally. Yeah. Um, following in with his interests. I mean, if we're all moving into autonomous vehicles and they're all going to look like some sort of product design bus with some plastic elements that wear well, um, you know, wouldn't you want to get into something where you can actually inject some luxury elements or some you know, pieces that are much more than just a traditional mobility device. Yeah, sure. I think I think it's a good opportunity for him to do that here.
1: Yeah, and I think, yeah, like I said, I mean, you know, in the end, um, it's going to be very interesting to see how it's all going to turn out. Yeah, I think this is, yeah. I mean, if we compare this to the uh, Tobias move, that was much more straightforward. Yeah, everybody knows this is the right direction forward. Um, and I think, you know, for Frank, it's going to be a new challenge. Um, I think it's also going to be, you know, a new, uh, you know, something that is really going to, you know, challenge him not just, you know, from a professional perspective, but probably also from a personal perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it probably me. I'm, I'm not quite sure if he's, you know, then moving back to Munich uh, in that kind yeah, of regard, I, I no but I, I, I would assume so. But uh, it's it's still, like I said, we, we're gonna we're gonna keep this. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep investigating this a little bit and look look into this. I mean, you know, it is based in Munich, so uh, Munich is not mm-hmm. the biggest city on 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 earth. So I'm gonna have a very very open eye on uh, on on the whole situation. But I mm-hmm. think um, I think you know we're we're already almost two hours in. <laughs> let's um, <laughs> let's let's try to wrap this up over here. And I think you know we uh, we would very very much appreciate if if the listeners could give us a little bit of feedback on, on yep. this very very first show oh, I'm and sure they will <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Eric, just just as easy what, what, what's the easiest way to contact you um, if people want to reach out to you easiest way to contact me would be
0: just to write um, to write me on form trends you know info at form trends um, is probably an easy way to get a hold of me uh, I check that email daily uh, so yeah it's a good way to get uh, to get in touch with me um, and you know I don't want to give out my phone number.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you can also, of course, I mean, you know, one can also uh, follow you on Instagram. Uh, oh, yeah, right, of course. Quite a, you're obviously yeah, quite an average is, is, Instagram. Is well,
0: yes, Form Trends is well in, into all these social media channels. So, you know, if you want to send me a Twitter message at Form Trends, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, wherever, anywhere you want to contact me, Facebook. Um, just at form trends and, uh, you'll well find me. Um, and again, I check all of those. Pretty regularly, I and mean, it's the modern journalism, right? Um, you gotta
1: got be, got be everywhere now. Indeed, indeed. And uh, if anybody is interested in contacting me, you can do that via Instagram as well. Uh, our Instagram account is uh, at Concept House, uh, and of course, you can find uh, both me and Eric as well as on, on LinkedIn. Uh, that's probably yes. also a very, very easy way to contact us. And um, yeah, so um, we would like to thank you all for listening to these. Uh, pretty much about a couple of hours now um, appreciate every single feedback that's coming our way uh, we will also put um, on all the channels where we're going to upload this put a little bit of a gallery uh, of the cars that we were talking about so that you can, you know, paint your own picture of uh, if, you, if you agree with our opinions or not uh, let us know if you do and uh, we will probably hear you the next time uh, in this little podcast and uh, yeah, looking forward to um, you know, Eric, speaking to you very, very soon again, and uh, hopefully to all the listeners listening to us again very soon.
0: All right. I would like to definitely second that. It's been a good first experience. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely open to feedback. Look, there's lots of things that we didn't cover. There's lots of things that you perhaps don't agree with. And, um, you know, it's just two guys giving their opinions. Yeah. So, you And know, also- that is just one yes. thing
1: one thing extra on this one um, if you have any topics that uh, you know maybe you think we should discuss or any kind of you know uh, input on on topics that you find interesting at the moment please let us know uh, of course we try to be as on you know as as as, as current as possible but if, if there's anything that uh, we might have missed and you do have uh, that you might uh, have to share please let us know yes
0: most definitely um and if you want to check out some really in-depth stuff on the chinese car market be sure to visit form trends as well um and whatever else you want to know that's more of a deep dive into design because uh, that's what i do and that's who i cater to so exactly. thanks
1: again thanks, thanks again for uh, listening and uh, it's been a pleasure it's been a pleasure eric we will do that very very soon again and uh, to everybody we will hear you very very soon take care Bye-bye. Bye.